Hello, this is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters radio show. Today we have author Kaya Singer, and she is here today to share about her book, Clear Your Focus, Grow Your Business, and to tell us a bit about her story and how her journey has evolved into writing her book and becoming a successful entrepreneur. Hi, Kaya, how are you? Hi, Angela. I'm wonderful, and it's a peaceful, quiet morning here, and it's great to talk with you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. So before we talk about your book, which I've read, by the way, and it's great. I just love the format and how it's laid out and very easy to go through and so many helpful tips. Uh, tell the listeners a bit about your background, where you started from and how you got to this point. Sure, I'm happy to do that. Um, you know, I I grew up in the 1950s, and I was given a message that a lot of girls were given in that era, which was that what was important it was that I married somebody <laughs> who was going to, you know, have a good career and take care of me. And, mm-hmm. you know, what I did wasn't that important. And I don't think that was meant to be a demeaning thing or anything. It was just a culture at the time, you right. know. So, and um, and that was, you know, most of the women models that I had, that's what they did. That's what, who they were. They were finding their their purpose in life by, you know, supporting their husbands and being good mothers and all that, which is all still really important. It's not that I wouldn't, you know, but that's but that was the message really. And you know, I was encouraged to go to college because. That was important, but it was really, in fact, this is true, that that I was told, and I still remember being told this, and it was in dead seriousness, that they wanted me, my parents wanted me to get a degree in education and become a teacher, Mm -hmm. because that way, if my husband died, I'd have something to fall back on. Mm -hmm. That was my message, but, you know, being who I was, (laughs) a creative child and headstrong, I was like, you know, I... I didn't buy into that in some mm-hmm. level. Right. Early on, I didn't didn't buy into it. And when I went to college, I didn't want to major. I didn't want to be a te- become a teacher just because they told me to. And it's kind of funny because I would have been a really good teacher. And I teach all the time. It's a lot of what I do. Mm-hmm. So, but what what was true is I I was very entrepreneurial early on. I had a lot of ideas for things that I wanted to do. I never felt that I was cut out to sort of work a job, eight to five, you know, I always had ideas for things I wanted to create myself. So I started doing that um, really early on, you know, right out of college. I was an art major in college, and I majored in art because it was something I enjoyed doing. I was 18, and I had no idea really who I was and what I wanted to do. But um, I majored in art and, you know, actually got into making, doing pottery. That was my focus, ceramics. And I got out of school. Uh, I was in Ohio, went to Ohio State, moved to Oregon because it was beautiful here, mm-hmm. and ended up in Eugene. This was in 1973. And the Saturday Market, which is this local craft fair, which is really popular now, had just opened. And I got there and I thought, oh my gosh, I could do this. Mm-hmm. I could sell pottery. And in like five minutes, I had it figured out. I found a place to make pots, I created some shells, and I was out there, you know, making pots and selling them. I had no idea that I was doing a business. Right. Mm -hmm. This is a significant piece here. Mm -hmm. I had no idea I was doing a business. I was just doing my art and making enough money to live on. And I was in my early 20s, so I didn't have a lot of expenses. But 
I think that background that I've just shared with you here is is really the significant uh, piece for where I'm at now in the future because um, I there's a lot of people like me who start doing something without really thinking of it as a business and you know I did that numbers of times after that was more of a retail production business mm-hmm. most of my businesses have been service based businesses helping people mm-hmm. you know I was a counselor for a long time and but you know regardless of what it is there's that there's that piece of wanting to make a difference and wanting to do something that was significant and that was what was motivating me rather than thinking about how to create a business and i woke up to that at some point and realized that wasn't working that mm-hmm. piece needed to be in there as well so you know i learned the business skills and uh and now i'm teaching them to other people mm-hmm. And so what was it you think during those years and all that time where you were doing different things but not really going full force with it, if you will, because you didn't have all that experience that you have now to create the right plan, if you will, what do you think kept you going as far as, okay, let's try something else, let's do this? Because I know when I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, um, they just get so discouraged, you know, because something's not working or they're not making enough money or they're just not satisfied with the whole process. So what was it within you or or were there people around you to support your endeavors until you got to this point where you actually organized, if you will, your entrepreneurship? Yeah, that's a really great question, Angela. Thank you. Um, What was true is that I wasn't aware at first that that piece was missing. I was motivated by wanting to do something that made a difference, that was fun, that fulfilled my passion. And it wasn't until later that I realized, you know, I'm not making enough money and there's things that I want to do, you know, in life that require um, money to do them. And and so then I realized I really didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to actually organize it in a way to look at it from that perspective, you know, how to build a business, thinking of a business plan. So I started looking for help, really. But I think the, the biggest help came for me first was from my ex-husband, who was a real entrepreneur, um, businessman. And he and I opened a bike shop together in Eugene. And he it was really his business in a way. I was in the background because... I didn't think I understood business. It was so ironic. Even though I've been doing these little businesses, I felt okay. He was doing was the real thing. But what I I watched what he did. You know, he created this business plan using these spreadsheets, and you know, he really figured things out. And years later, even after we weren't together anymore, we stayed really close friends. And he really was a great mentor to me. He helped me a lot Mm -hmm. um, in terms of just changing my my mindset and uh and I I started taking a lot of classes and doing a lot of studying and er, learning about what I didn't know about you know which was understanding the world of business mm-hmm. and I always previously this is ironic because I think early on coming from the art world and all that I thought business would it be boring <laughs> I thought business was boring and I didn't want to do something boring. You right. know, I thought, mm-hmm. oh, those are people that sit in an office and work with numbers all day. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of a, a total aware, a wake up to realize, wow, that's not true at all. Business is so creative and it's so interesting. And the real creative part of it is the business development. Right. But I didn't know that at first. And, and the more I learned, the more I started understanding it. And 
just to tie this up a little bit, what I realized was that my my creative skills, you probably noticed that in my book, you know, one of the things that's helped me in my business now is my creative skills because I'm really good at when, you know, I have a new client or somebody needs help, I listen to their question, you know, what's going, you know, their struggle or whatever is happening in their business, and I immediately start thinking of creative ways to help them to see things a different way. How can I help them to actually make the shift, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, what's true is what you said early in the question is that people really do struggle, and they don't know why. Mm -hmm. And, And a lot of it is just a lack of mindset, not really understanding how to really focus, you know, and that's the name of my book, Clear Your Focus and Grow Your Business. A lot of it has to do with just changing your focus and starting to look at it from a business perspective rather than focusing on just what's my product or what's my service. Right. It doesn't work. You can't build a business based on your product and service. It has to be based on looking at who your customers are, what their emotional needs are, what they want, and how you can provide something that fills their need. Mm-hmm. That totally makes yeah. sense. I get that. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's important for people to understand it, is that what we're talking about here is not your basic business plan. What we're talking about is really understanding, as your book states, what is your goal, what is your intention as far as the outcome of this? And it's not really just about money. It's about fulfilling your purpose. Is that right? That's that's absolutely right. I mean, you know, living in the world we live in, we need money. And the older you get, the more you realize you need to need to put things together in your life, you know, whether it's to buy a house or help your kids in their life or whatever. But it's more than that. You know, when you own a business that you're starting from scratch, I'm not talking about... Um, a franchise business or other kinds, but the kind that you actually start yourself, Mm -hmm. the brick-and-mortar business that you start from your own idea, it really is about fulfilling your dream. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, people start service-based businesses especially because they want to help people, they want to make a difference, whether they're building websites for people or whether they're doing health care. You know, they want to offer something to people that's going to make a difference, but they you can't really help people if you're struggling yourself. That's true. Mm-hmm. And if you're in stress all the time, you're you're up all night worrying about how you're going to pay your bills and where your next client's going to come from. That's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And nobody, it, it takes the joy out of your life. Mm-hmm. So part of it is to learn how to have control over that so you feel good about not only what you're accomplishing for yourself, but you can also then help more people. Right, that totally makes sense, and I'm glad you brought that point up because I think that's sometimes what people don't realize. They wonder why they're spinning their wheels, so to speak, and part of it is that very thing, that they're just so frustrated and so in that negative mode of, okay, it's not getting better, it's not getting better, it's not working, that they don't even get to the part of, here's what I need to do differently, and so I love that in the book, is that you gave some really clear steps to direct people into managing that part. But before we talk more about the book, I did want to ask you, were there people along your journey that were discouraging to you or were saying, kind of like what you said, you were supposed to be a teacher because that was the norm, but were there people that were saying, you know, you're never going to succeed as an entrepreneur, you're never going to make it selling uh, pottery. You had those people or influences around you. What did you do to overcome that? Well, I mean... Yeah, that's a great question because I think we all have those people around us, you know, and and it's nothing 
negative about those people. They're just coming from where they're coming from. And right. people are either entrepreneurial or they're not. You know, there's there's That's a gray right. space in between as well. But people that have an entrepreneurial mindset and they're constantly creative and see possibilities and they, they believe they can go out in the world and make things happen, they, they're the kind of people I decided to surround myself with. Mm-hmm. And that makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. But when I would meet people that weren't in that space, that just rather have a job and they think oh god you know you're never going to make this because mm-hmm. you don't have enough money to invest in it and um it's too big of a risk and all this kind of stuff i mean they were talking from themselves that's right. what they would do and i really learned to separate them from me you know mm-hmm. i think we're not all meant to own a business you know that's not the right thing for everybody that's and true. that's good you know um my husband's one of those kind i mean he's totally been supportive of me right from the beginning and i to- so appreciate him and i i do work with a lot of people um you know i have a number of women clients right now who are struggling in their businesses and their husbands are not supportive mm-hmm. they're very much they're undermining them all the time and they're like i want you to quit i want you to just get a job and right. It's really, really hard. You know, I it's hard for me to know what to say to them because it's hard enough to do your business, but to have the main person in your life not supporting it is very hard. You know, I mean, to get my business going, I racked up a credit card bill because there's not a way to get a loan for a small business, you know, small solo business. You can't get standard bank loans. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you could get, you know, um, a loan on your mortgage if you've got equity, but that's... That, there's only a few people that qualify for that. So, you know, I, I racked up a credit card debt, and we didn't have any debts before I started my business. So, mm-hmm. and now we do. And yet, he's never once been angry about that or mm-hmm. anything, even though he's not the entrepreneurial type. So, you can still find people that aren't entrepreneurial that are very supportive. Mm-hmm. But I think the main thing I did was find people that were supportive, surrounded myself with other entrepreneurs. You know, I started my own mastermind group a few times. Mm-hmm. I was in a mastermind group. I lived in New Zealand for 12 years. I'm not sure if I mentioned that uh, somewhere along the line, but that was just amazing experience. But while I was there, I got myself into a mastermind group with six other business owners, mm-hmm. and we met every week. And we shared how we were all doing. We shared our six-month goals, our three-month goals. We helped each other with feedback. We're encouraging. And, oh, it was just, that's one thing that I really encourage people to to put into place in their in their life because it really helps. And one of the things I've done recently, uh, last spring, I launched a new website called um, Awake awaketeahouse.com mm-hmm. and it's um it's actually a you know I call it awake business teahouse because it's a place for solo business owners to come and join with other people so mm-hmm. you're not alone right. it doesn't cost a lot to join but there's a community and I really believe we all need community yes and that's to answer your question in kind of a long-winded way that's what I did mm-hmm. that totally created makes the community sense. And yeah. that's, I mean, definitely, I, I always encourage people to find their support systems. And especially if the key people in your life aren't able to understand what you're doing or, or aren't that supportive, it really helps to find others that are like-minded and supportive and encouraging. And I think part of um, the book, what helps is if you were to go through the book and have more of a focus and a plan and a vision and really 
buy into that within your soul, like this is what I'm doing, I think that in itself is very convincing to the naysayers. Absolutely, yeah, and I think that's true because, you know, one of the things I did, tried to do in my book, and it sounds like you could see that, was to really break it down in steps. And mm -hmm. it is a workbook, which means, you know, you get involved in in the process when you're, it's not just reading a bunch of words, but you just fill in the blanks and really think through things. And it just gradually breaks down some of the issues, you know, and it allows you to change your mindset and start to see other ways of looking at the same thing. Right. And I think we all need to constantly be doing that anyway, you know, develop those critical thinking skills and be able to see things from different perspectives. That's an entrepreneurial skill in itself, you know, and a lot of people, when they're stuck, um, and I talk to people all day that contact me and they want help, they, they say, I've been working so hard, you know, I put in seven days a week, 12-hour days, and I'm still struggling, mm -hmm. and, and that's because they're working hard, but they're doing the same things over and over again that aren't working. Right, right. And uh, what you have to do is step back and realize that, if you keep doing the same things wrong, so to speak, wrong over and over, you're just going to get better at doing it wrong. Exactly. And get the same results. <laughs> and get the same results. So it's really sometimes about realizing that just a small shift can make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. well, that can be just be a little shift, and it can change things. That's so. very true. And one of the things I liked about the book is that you start off right off the bat with an assessment, and I think that's key. I'm also, I have a counseling degree, and I'm a counselor. Yeah. So to me, an assessment always makes sense. But to a lot of people, they don't get that before they go through all the other steps of trying to be more aware yeah. of what's happening and how to change things that aren't working, is you do have to have an assessment of where you're at. And so That's right. if you could share some of that about the assessment and the charts and the mapping, if you will, in there and the seven sure. steps, that would be great. And then people will definitely have more of an idea about the book. Yeah, that's that's great. You know, and it's interesting. Thank you for that comment about the assessment. And I went through some process of trying to figure out the right order of the book. It's interesting. But I came up with that same um, idea that you just said, that people first have to realize they need the help, you know, mm -hmm. and start out getting clear about where you're at. The assessment's just a short thing, but it asks a series of questions about where you're at right now. Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you making as much money as you want to? Do you feel like you understand, you know, um, the systems in your business? You know, just really great questions that take you more into yourself, you know, and and give you kind of a, a wake-up call. Well, gosh, I've checked off all these boxes. I guess I really do need some help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, the next part in that book goes into really understanding how, over, how to overcome obstacles. Mm -hmm. And um, I put that in there next because um, we we constantly do carry a lot of obstacles in our our thinking. Mm -hmm. We have, I mean, and I do it, we all do it without realizing it. Just kind of negative thinking sometimes or limited thinking. I can't do this. I don't know how to do it. Those kind of things. And what they do is reinforce you feeling stuck. And mm -hmm. so I brought that in next just to, and tried to apply it to your business. You know that, because people say to me, well, isn't it cool that you've published this book? And how did you do it? It feels like a huge job. Well, you know, I had to say that it was hard. There were a lot of obstacles I had to overcome in the process. Right. But the biggest one was, was, was the ones inside of myself. Mm -hmm. 
that said, I don't know how to do this. I'm not smart enough. You know, are people going to like this? Is this going to be written? Is anybody going to think it's any good? You know, all that kind of junk. And I had to keep facing it and looking at how to overcome it. Because those kind of things will are very powerful on the inner planes and will stop you dead in your tracks mm-hmm. from moving forward for whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. So it really does start in the in the inside. And so, uh, you know, I brought that in next in the book because I think it's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it moves on to understanding marketing. And the reason I get into marketing next is because that's where a lot of the small business owners who are service-based businesses get stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the reason they're stuck there is because, as I said earlier, their people start their business from their skill or their their um, their expertise. You know, whether you've gone to school and become a naturopath or studied massage therapy or learned how to build websites or you're a financial advisor, you know, you know what you know how to do really mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And people start from that place and they're focused on themselves. And in marketing, you have to be focused on your client mm-hmm. instead. Mm-hmm. So helping people to make that shift and, you know, I developed that seven-part marketing circle in the book. And, by the way, um, that's just an example of tools that I've developed myself, you know. And I love pie charts. You probably mm-hmm. realize that from mm-hmm. looking at my book. <laughs> I like pie charts because they're visual, they're easy to see, and they it's like you get a, kind of a thumbprint of something really easily. And I went to a lot of marketing classes, and I constantly was confused, you know. And I finally sort of got it. And I thought, I need to create something that makes it easy for people to get. You right. know, So that seven-step pie chart is, in simple language, it takes you through one step to one step to the next step all the way around. And you have to do start with the first pie piece, you know, and, and get that really nailed down. And then, you know, you move around the cycle, and that's how you build your marketing plan. And it works. That's next. Uh, the next part, which is your money map, um, is the part that gets into more of your build your business plan. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, I don't teach people in my book how to do the traditional business plan that you'd fill out the spreadsheets to go to a bank to get a loan. Okay. Right. The reason there's two reasons for that. One is that nobody's gonna go to the bank and get a loan, the people this book is written for. Mm-hmm. They're not in that category. They're gonna have to figure out in a different way. Um, so there's no point to that. And number two you have to, most people that do that kind of business plan throw it in the bottom of their file drawer and they never look at it again mm-hmm. because it doesn't relate to who you are and what you're trying to do. So to me, it's getting people to really create a vision for their business, mm-hmm. where they're starting, where they want to end up, what are the steps to get there. And we start out with it with from a financial point of view. It's like how much money do you really want to have your business gross in 10 years from now? And People don't have a clue. People just know they want to make more money. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. You know, I ask people all the time, well, how much more do you want? And they don't know. So it's trying to get people to nail that down and get that clear vision. And I have another assessment in that chapter. You probably remember seeing it, which actually takes people into really looking at, you know, what they really want to accomplish, what's their vision, how much do they do they know or not know, you know, about what they want. Mm-hmm. And so... It takes people through the small steps to saying, 
you know, how much do I really want to be grossing? Where is this going to come from? Mm -hmm. What are the multiple streams of income that I can create? What are all the different products and services that I can provide to that client we just looked at in Chapter 4 in the marketing chapter? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and the business gets built that way. I'm getting a little long-winded here, but... I hope I've answered your question so far. Oh, Uh, yeah, definitely. I think that's going over the key parts of the book. And, again, I love the way that it flows because it's very easy to read, and yet it's also interactive by having the questions in there and the the charts and things like that, which I think is helpful for a lot of people. Because what I loved about the book is that you really break it down, but you don't make it too wordy and too complicated. So it's like, okay, yeah, I get this. This is where I'm at, or this is what I need to think about, or realize in, you know, my own business or my own process. And so I actually was thinking that you could probably use this book for a great deal of things in life. It doesn't necessarily have to be geared towards business. And what do you think about that? Well, I mean, it is true. I mean, a lot of the ideas in the book and everything can be changed, you know, toward developing anything, really. Mm -hmm. This book is is about developing a business, you know, and so it's geared that way and all the all the language and, and the and the um, exercises, but absolutely, it's all about a growth process, really, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, moving on in the book, I mean, the next chapter, which is about leadership, you know, and um, I just want to talk about that for a second, because the, the book is sort of geared towards solo business owners, but in order to grow your business larger, you have to be able to eventually look at hiring help, you know, mm-hmm. building a team, having employees, bringing other people into your business. And and that really does freak and scare a lot of people. <laughs> they, don't, they don't know how to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. So that next chapter really is about that. And it's sort of breaking it down, understanding about how that works. You know, I've created that triangle in that chapter that helps you really look at the fact that you're still holding the vision and the culture for your business. Mm-hmm. And that that culture and those values get transferred not to your client just to your clients and customers but also to the people on your team and you create a community that way of people that are working in your business and that particular model could be looked at you know for other things as well not just a business so you're right um but in that this context it has to do with helping people to shift from thinking they have to stay small and have a solo business to seeing how they can shift to bringing more people in mm-hmm. to help them. And then the, la- the last chapter in the book is about personal, professional development, excuse me. And it's really about what you need to put in place to keep yourself on track. You know, all the support things that we've talked about, like with the mastermind groups and, and, and lots of other things that you can do to keep yourself focused and staying positive and growing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's that's really essential. And of course, the things I talk about in that chapter are true for regardless of what you're doing in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I thought so, so too. I, I like that you talked about making sure you find inspiration if you don't have it around you already. And you know, thinking about keeping your eyes open for opportunity or people that come in your path and learning from that. And so there were a lot of great tips in that last chapter that were very helpful. I think uh, for any entrepreneur that wants to go up to another level, so to speak, and really think about what am I doing with that other part of my time as far as building my business and networking and things like that. 
Yeah, that's that's great, and that was my intention. So thank you for sharing that, because that, that's true, you know. And and those pieces are really important. It's really hard. I tell people that um, running your own business is like a full time personal growth workshop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're constantly having to deal with yourself and look in the mirror and overcome things, you know. And I do a lot of presentations out in the community here and where I live, and and I ask. To small business owners, and I, one of the first things I always ask people is, you know, how many of you feel like every single day you have to overcome obstacles and deal with issues, and everybody raises their hand. Mm-hmm. It's just part of the deal, you know, right. of running a business. So you have to learn how to deal with those things, to get the help when you need it, stay inspired, stay positive, you know, keeping a positive attitude. Um, you know, there's that. I have that whole business circle early in my book and in chapter three, and it talks about you know all the different parts of your business, and uh, and right in the center um, is attitude. Mm-hmm. And I put that. It didn't start out when I first made that pie chart. I just had it eight um, eight parts of your business. You know, the eight parts that are in there, and then I added that ninth one of attitude because. Really, it's essential. Right. If you don't have that positive attitude of mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this business going, you won't. It doesn't matter what other what systems you put in place, the money management, the leadership skills, the marketing, all those things that are in that circle. You have to have the attitude that goes with it. Absolutely, that's a good point to bring up. So, what yeah. else do you do besides you have written the book and do you do workshops or one-on-one coaching? Uh, let the listeners know what they could expect if they were sure. in your services. Absolutely, thank you for asking that. Um, on my website, which is awakeningbusiness.com, um, I have a lot of those things listed that I offer all the time. You know, and I do, I do a regular like free. Um, phone conference call, teleseminar. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one coming up in October, which is called Opening Your Money Stream, and it's for an hour. And I really get people to think about what they need to do to, sh- to make those shifts, you know, in that hour. And I have a handout. You can go listen to the recording afterward, you know, things like that. So that's a really good thing. You can sign up for that on my on my website. Um, I offer a, I have a marketing seminar that's called Awakening Your Money Stream, Seven Steps to Building Your Niche Market. I offer that three times a year. I have a great group I'm working with right now. It goes over four months. It's eight classes, and we go over that marketing pie chart in detail, working on each part of it, and people develop their marketing plan. And really, are, there's a mastermind part of it because people share with the other people in the class. It's a tele-seminar, so it doesn't matter where you live. Right. Um, the, the next one starts in January, um, and that's on my website as well. And I have, uh, you know, the, the the business community, Awake Business Tea House. I have other seminars. I also have the one-on-one coaching programs, which mm-hmm. um, there's three of them, and, and you can read about the differences between them. But it's really about working with people one-on-one who really are ready to dig in and they want somebody to just hold their hand, you know, walk alongside of them and help them to make the shifts they need to make. And whether, and I think this is really good whether, you know, I love working with the people that are brand new because um, to me it's like building a business is like, if you think of it as like building a house. Right. You start with the foundation. And mm-hmm. the foundation is the most important part of your house, you know. And when you don't get any help, it can take about four years to build that foundation because mm-hmm. you're constantly having to 
change things, you know, and rebuild and all that. Exactly. If you get if you get help, you can get that foundation built in less than a year. It's a huge change. You shorten the time. And a lot of people don't get the help at the beginning because of the expense, but it pays for itself mm-hmm. so quickly. So I like people I like working with people that are brand new and I know a lot of people don't, but I do. But I also enjoy working with people that have been in business 10 years that are ready to move to the next level right. because it's exciting as well and they're building on what they've already done, but they just need the confidence to start hiring people and how I can, you know, create a bigger, bigger business and, um, or just grow, you know, how to do that. So, um, and, uh, and I, you know, so I, I try to offer a variety of ways that people can work with me. So that's great. Thank and you for that question. You're very welcome. And that is Kaya Singer, the author of Clear Your Focus, Grow Your Business. And I just want to close with you had, um, in the very front of your book, shared a quote, my sacred print, and it talks about leaving your footprint. And you said, this book is my sacred footprint, and in writing it, I'm helping others to leave theirs. And I think that's a fabulous thing for you to say, and I just appreciate very much your book and your efforts, and I thank you for being today. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. I so appreciate you inviting me. Thank you.